The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. And today I have a really exciting guest and her name is Sarah NTN and she will be talking to us about the heart of the father. And I personally love that just because I constantly have to go back to his love to even be able to get up out of bed in the morning. So I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say today, Sarah. So if you want, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Just tell us. Well, like Mariana said, my name is Sarah. Um, I'm a new believer. I've given my life to Christ a year ago, March 15th. It has been the best decision that I have ever made. Um, I'm grateful for God's love. And like you said, it is definitely something that has kept me this entire year when, I has, when I've been with God. Even going through a stage where I was dealing with self-condemnation. Um, to know that God did not rebuke me and he did not push me away for doubting him and doubting his love um, really made me love him all the more. Um, and so I definitely really want to talk about his heart today. And thank you so very much for having me. We're, we're super happy to have you. Me, Navy, and Zone. Ah! Um, so I'm going to ask you to just open us up in prayer for this wonderful okay. morning. Yeah. All right, let's bow our hands, close our eyes. So Father, we just thank you for this moment that we are here being able to speak about your heart. God, your heart is so beautiful and it is so amazing. We thank you that we are able to know about your love, God, and know about you. Thank you for saving us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this moment. And I pray, Lord, that every word that comes out of my mouth and really through this conversation, that it would be words that you are speaking directly and that it would fall into our hearts and that it would be planted on good soil um, and we'd be able to take these words with us wherever we are. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. So um, just to open up a little bit, I grew up without a father. I had a really strong grandfather figure. But somehow, you know, we're made to have, I feel like I just picture hearts. And then I feel like there's little, little pieces of it that are supposed to be like, you know, like tended. By yeah, there, yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. so when mine was intended by my actual father, that really hurt. That <laughs> stung and all the things, you know. Um, and so I had to really come to the feet of the father and let him love me. Let yes. him love me. Just let him, let him tend to that piece of me that hadn't been tended for such a long time. Um, and so that's how I got to know the father. And so yeah. I'm super thankful because now I have that piece of him and, and it's been the most wonderful thing. Like I mentioned, like it, it helps me get out of bed in the morning and like, I can face the world knowing that he loves me. I, I can do that. So, um, so yeah, so that's a little background as to why the heart of the father is so important to me personally. I know that people listening, you know, I'm sure that God has been personal to them in, in their own way. Um, yeah. But what I'm going to have Sarah do today 
is read some of, um, I think you mentioned some Bible verses. So yeah. why don't you explain that process so people here can, can understand what that process looked like for you. Okay, so exactly what you just said, Mariana. I grew up not having a father and it was learning that God was a father that drew me into him. Um, the first thing that God ever told me was him giving me correction because I assumed that I knew who he was based off of what I've seen. Um, and he showed me that I was wrong. Okay? Yes. <laughs> um, so only answer I can give you is truly that it was God. He just placed something in my heart that made me want to dive into his word because I truly believed that if I wanted to follow God and if I wanted to know really who he is and what his heart was like for me, I had to read what his word said about him. And so I started reading. Um, Genesis all the way to Revelation. By the grace of God, I was able to read it. Now, did I understand everything? No, I did not. Um, <laughs> but I read it. And as I was reading it, I started noticing things about God. And I was like, oh my God, I never knew that about you. You know what I mean? And so daily, I'll open up my Bible. I'll read two chapters a day, one in the morning, one closer to the afternoon. And I'll just look for God in anything. I mean, even in Leviticus, even in Deuteronomy, when God is giving us the measurements for the tabernacle, I was like, God, you're in there somewhere. Something about your character, something about your heart is in even these measurements for the tabernacle. Um, and he was right. He showed me exactly where he was in this tabernacle. It's these little, you just gotta look for him. God is there, he is real. Um, and that's kind of how my study went, just searching for him. Wow. I put it in my mind, who is God? Every time I open the Bible, I wanna learn something about you. You tell me something about you, God, that I don't know yet. And he tells me, and it's he tells so everything that you're, you're mentioning the old Testament because yeah. for a long time I wrestled with that because he just looked mean. He really right? Everybody says that. Until I realized like his anger is righteous anger. He's not getting angry for the sake of getting angry. There's just right. no wasted anger. Like just, yeah. So it took me a while and I'm still in that process. I'm still in that process of being okay with his fire or just even knowing his fire and what that looks like right. Um, right now I since I know the eyes of kindness his eyes of kindness I don't have to be afraid when to, in the eyes of the fire because they're the same person but it's right. a process so but I'm super excited so you mentioned old testament right and you'll be reading yes. some of the old testament today yes I, I I'm ready to <laughs> <laughs> all right so before I start, or like I said, I want to give you just a little bit of a backstory. So like I said, the first thing that God has ever spoke to me was um, at my grandmother's church on Ash Wednesday. Before that happened, I, I know now that it was God who put that thought in my mind. I just thought, why don't I pray? Why don't I reach out to God? Why don't I have a relationship with God? And I was like, well, God seems really mean. He seems very judgmental. He seems like if I were to pray, he would not accept it because in my mind, I didn't know how to pray. I went to church. I grew up in the church and I would listen to them and they're quoting scripture. And I'm like, I don't know scripture. Yeah. I stutter when I, when I pray, I say, um, I'm like, God, what was that verse again? You know, yeah. God is so merciful and so kind. And he just, he still inhabits my praise and he still listens to my prayer. And so on that day, before that happened, like I said, a few days ago, I was like, I think God is just really mean. And he's just, 
he's just too scary. And I knew that he was holy and righteous. And I knew that I was not yeah. that. So I had made up for myself. I cannot be too close to God because we are polar opposites. Hmm. But on that ass Wednesday, boy, did he correct me. He pointed me to Exodus chapter 34, verse six. And it says, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfeeling love and faithfulness. The moment I read that, I just opened up the book and I read it. I started crying. I was like, first of all, I cannot believe I don't have a relationship with God. Why was God listening to me? I cried. I was like, well, I don't know God then. Because I thought I knew him, but I didn't. And that is what started my study of who is God? What is his heart like? I really want to know him. And I know I really, I was surprised, you know, I was surprised that when I opened up the book and I seen that scripture, I was like, why didn't you rebuke me? Why didn't you say, Sarah, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't even know me. Yeah. Instead of approaching me and facing me with an open rebuke, he met me with love. And it surprised me because again, I grew up without a father and I didn't know what love was. Yeah. Um, and the love that I thought I knew was all fake love. It was situational love. It was one-sided love. And God has showed me unconditional, unfailing love. And so from that day, I decided to turn to the Bible, turn to these devotionals, these times with him to know who he is. And so, like I said, I started off in Genesis. Now, I just listed off my scriptures. I just put the, the um, title of the book, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. The three things that God showed me in Genesis about himself and his heart was that he's meticulous. So he pays a great attention to everything. He's paying attention to every, the Bible says that he knows how much hair you have on your head. Yes. But I think we only see that in New Testament. God showed us early on that even in Genesis, he was still meticulous. And that goes to confirm the word of God that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. God is meticulous. He pays attention to everything, every detail, every quirk about you. If you have a mole on your shoulder, God knows how big it is. He placed it there, you know? Yes. He also showed me that he is a planner, that he pays attention to everything. Like I said, he's planning things out. He's in the first day, he said, let there be light. You know what I mean? Every day he woke up and he knew exactly what he was going to do. And that's the truth for our lives. Like Joshua says, though, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to destroy you, to give you a future and a hope. And that's exactly what God has been echoing, that he likes to plan things out. He also showed me that he is personal. The Bible said that when he created Adam, he breathed into him. To me, that was so personal. That was so intimate. I was like, God, you're God. You didn't have to breathe into him. You could have just said live. Yeah. But no, he said he breathed. He breathed his breath into Adam. And I said, that's who he is. Wow. He's personal. He's intimate. He's one on, and I love it. You're right. I absolutely love that personal, that intimacy that I have with him. And that he has with all his children and exodus, exodus. He showed me that he was a promise keeper. He made his promise to Abraham. He told him, 
in 400 years, your descendants are going to be in slavery, but I will free them and I will send them to this very land that you are standing on now. And I was like, yes, he is. Yes, God, you definitely are a promise keeper. Every promise that God has made, he has kept and he will keep. Yeah. He told me that he is I am. When I first read that, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, what's I am? I am what? What's your name? You know, I now understood. I think I posted on the group chat um, what I am is and what that means. I am means beginning, that he is creator, that he is starter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, every time we speak, we say, hello, I am and your name. And it made me think we say his name first because he came first, because he was always there. Before we can even say whatever it is that we want to say, we have to mention God first because he's been first. He is Alpha and he is Omega. He showed me that he is a way maker. We can't forget the Red Sea. Nobody can forget the story about the Red Sea. God mm -hmm. makes a way when there is no way. Yeah. He took that staff and he stepped and he put it on the water and God went to open in that Red Sea and they walked through dry ground. Only God can do that. And Leviticus, he showed me that he was selfless. Thinking back, Leviticus has all of the offerings that they have. They have a grain offering. There's a peace offering, a sin offering. They have the day of Pentecost, a whole bunch of offerings, what is clean and what is unclean. And it made me think, okay, God, I am not a part of this Old Testament. Every time I take scripture from Old Testament, I'm like, why would God leave it in the Bible? Why did he make sure that I would know this information? Why would he want to share that with us? You know? And so I was like, selfless. Who is selfless? Who reminds me of someone who just does not care for themselves, who put others above themselves? In Leviticus, it says that God only wanted one-tenth of the offering. I was like, one-tenth? <laughs> what, what is one tap gonna do for you lord and he was oh, like oh, i'm sorry my grandmother <laughs> yes gone all right yes. so selfless yeah um looking back at all of the offerings and the sacrifices that they had to do it made me think okay sacrifice who what does sacrifice have to do and immediately jesus came to my mind it has to be jesus Jesus is the one who represents all of these sacrifices. The people of Israel had to give God the best of the best of their offerings. They had to give him the sheep or the lamb and the goat that had no deformities, that had no nothing. That and perfect. that is exactly who Jesus is. Perfect. The sinless, spotless lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's who Jesus was. He is the representation of these offerings. He is selfless. That God would put aside the privilege of his throne in heaven. He's seated in heaven. He's already with Jesus. And he came down to this earth, making himself lower than angels. This is the God, the creator of heaven and earth. That he would make himself lower than angels. Come on, that's selfless, wow. that is humble. Yes. He also showed me that he was forgiving. The fact that God would allow them to have these offerings to make themselves right with him, to, give, to make them pure, to have these jubilee years made me know immediately, oh, he's forgiving. He has to be forgiving because he's always making a way. Not only is he making a way through your, your, your storm and through your struggle, but he's also making a way and he has made a way 
for you to be made right with him. He also showed me that he is a healer. And he absolutely is. We see Jesus up and down in the New Testament healing. He's speaking it and people are being healed. He's laying hands on those who normally people would not lay their hands on. The book of Leviticus talks about people who are clean and unclean. And it speaks specifically of those who have leprosy or have any type of skin disease. And it reminded me of scripture where Jesus purposely touched someone who had leprosy. Leprosy is a disease that is it's transferred by contact. These people had to be put outside. They had to shout before they can even say what their name was. They had The first thing they had to say was unclean, unclean. So that became their identity. They became unclean, unclean. And here comes God. He's like, no, but hi. This person <laughs> yeah. who normally would say that they're just unclean, unclean. And Joshua, he shows me that he saves his enemies and he makes them family. All of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glorious standard of God. We, when we are unbelieving, we are enemies of God. If we are not a friend of the Lord, then we are enemies of him. We're friends of this world and enemies of God. And yet Jesus Christ came to this earth and he lived a sinless life and he died for the same people who are his enemy. And he didn't just stop there. He didn't just die, but he rose again. And now he has given us the right to be called children of God. Come on. Yes. That's who he is. That is who he is. He makes us his family. He showed me that he is protector. Oh. Blew my mind. I needed that, especially not having a dad in my life. I've always wanted that feeling of being protected. I've had my mom. I had my grandpa until I was in the second grade and he passed away. But other than that, it's always just been, been me and my mom and my siblings. I've always wanted that protector. And that's exactly who God has been. And that's exactly who he showed himself to be in Joshua. When they went walking around that battle, around that wall of Jericho, and Rahab was in her tower with her family, and the Lord protected her there because she helped those spies. God protected her. She got the Lord made sure that she was not destroyed. And I was like, that is who God is. He is protector and judges. He told me that he is a tester, that he is a hero and that he is a repair. A hero. Oh my gosh. He's been talking to. Yes. 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 Hero. That is the one that has always stuck out to me. I don't know about you, but that feeling of always wanting a dad, I feel like a little girl. I don't know about you. I feel like God has made me feel like a little girl. Again, I tell him that all the again, time. Again, you yes. are my, yeah, I'm like, God, you are my superhero. And I laugh at myself when I say it, but I'm like, it really is the truth. He really is my superhero. Everywhere that I am, he is everywhere i'm on the street i'm at work and he is there and he is protecting me there was times where i could have seriously gotten hurt i can't see at nighttime that you can see my glasses now i can't see at nighttime and here's god guiding me protecting me he has shown himself and judges to be a hero reminded me of samson it was in samson's stories that made me think oh god is a hero samson was this big man and he had this long hair and everybody called him a hero and I was like Samson you're you're you know you're, you're good now but my God is a hero you're not the hero God is he also told me that he's a repair 
repayer of both. Whether you are doing the right thing or whether you're doing the wrong thing. The fact of the matter is that God is a repayer and he'll give you back whatever you reap, what you sow. He showed me in Ruth. Ruth, I don't know. Ruth plays such a beautiful story to me. I love it. I love Ruth and I love Boaz. He showed me that he is a king. And Ruth's story, um, she couldn't have children. She was infertile and she also lost her husband. She met, she came down, long story short, she came down if you don't know it. Um, and she met Boaz when she was picking um, grain in his field. And to me, everybody, every woman wants a Boaz, okay? Of course, Boaz is absolutely amazing. And seeing Boaz's character and who he is and how he himself was so selfless and how he was like, okay, I'm ready. I want to, I want to take care of you. I want to be able to give Naomi a child or a descendant that would come from her. And through this child was Jesse and then David, Obed, Jesse, and then David, and then from King David was Jesus Christ yes. from this one woman who was once infertile. And it reminded me of Mary reminds me of, of every, all the, all the daughters of Eve seem to struggle with fertility issues from Sarah to Hannah, all the daughters, they're struggling with it. And it didn't even stop. It hit Ruth and it hit Naomi and Mary at her young age ended up having Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Yes. God also showed me that he is a loyal friend. Come on. Yes. Listen. Listen. Ruth did not want to leave Naomi's side. Naomi said, well, Ruth said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And I was like, yes, God, that is exactly who you are. You are a loyal friend. You stay by our side. You love us. You care for us. And it made me so very happy. And Esther, he showed me that he is a leader. And absolutely. Esther was someone that you start reading her story and you're thinking, okay, like, okay, she lost all her parents. That's sad. But it's like, what is she going to do? You know, what's going to happen? She's one of those people where you, you judge her based off of what you see. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus. Even the people in his hometown, Nazareth, they didn't, their unbelief was so overwhelming that Jesus was surprised to see their unbelief, surprised to see their lack of faith. Mm-hmm. But it still showed me through that, through Esther's story, that God himself is a leader as well. It also showed me that God was our inside man. Ruth in her story, she was the inside man. Ruth was sitting right next to King Xerxes. And every time they had a problem, Mordecai would go to her and tell her, what's his name? I think his name was Haman. He was like, Haman is saying he's going to kill us. They're going to destroy all of the Jews. And Ruth was, Esther was like, you know what? I'm going to put it aside. She was like, I'm going to put all of that aside. And I am going to put my life at risk exactly what Jesus did so that I'm able to save everybody else and it made me think that is God he's the inside man he's the one who would put yeah he's the one who would put himself on the line put his safety on the line so that he can protect everybody else and Job another one of my favorites I struggle with that one I really? really yeah I think everybody tells me that as well because I think when we read it 
we see what's happening. Humans, human beings, we don't like pain. When we don't like suffering, trust me. I hate to see when people are in pain. Me, myself, I'm that person. I'll tell God, Lord, purify me, refine me, put me. I'll say, God, put me in the storm because oh I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I don't mind the storm, but I see how other people, it's kind of hard for them. And I definitely understand that. You know what I mean? And Job's story, it showed me that even though God was still an advocate, Job would cry out after these when these conversations with his three friends accusing him of sinning and doing something wrong. He would say, I wish I had somebody who could plead my case. And I was like, Jesus does exactly that. He is our advocate. He is the one who pleads our case. He's the one who makes us holy, righteous, and blameless before God. The Bible says that if we have this perfect love, we should all be able to stand before God with confidence and blameless because we know that we live like Christ Jesus on this earth. And I know that that is possible because Jesus Christ advocates for us. It also showed me that God is a powerful judge. The Lord allowed Job to be tested. He allowed the devil to come and hit him with boils and, and take away all of his flesh, fleshly riches. Because that's all it was. It was things here in the natural. The Bible tells us not to store up your riches here on earth, but to store them up in heaven because that's where it matters. Moths can come down and take and destroy what you have here. But your riches in heaven, nobody can come in and steal it and destroy it. But God has shown himself to be a powerful judge in Job. After Job was running his mouth and talking crazy and saying, just talking crazy about the Lord, God the first thing God said was brace yourself like a man because I have questions and you're going to have to answer them. And he started telling Job, where were you when all of this happened? Telling him, Job is asking God a question that he doesn't even have the mindset to understand. We're so quick to say, God, well, what, why does this happen? And why does that happen? But we're really not ready for the answer. You think you're ready for it because you think that you got it all together. But if we're being completely honest, we're not ready for what God has to say. And he is a powerful judge, a just judge at that. And it also showed me that he is an innocent sufferer. In this story, we've seen that all that it was was that Job was being tested. That's all it was. He was suffering very innocently. And again, that reminded me of Jesus, who innocently suffered on the cross for our sins. And through all of this, it's a lot more, but I'm, I don't know if I got time. Um, <laughs> you have it. You have it. Yeah. But through all of this, God has shown me through every single chapter of this amazing word of God, he has revealed to me who he is and his heart. And I would just encourage and leave everybody with this to read your Bible, seek out the Lord, you will find him. And if, if you open up the word of God every day and you say, God, introduce yourself to me. I think the problem that we have a lot of the time is because we assume that we know all there is to know about who God is. And if you have that mindset, you're never going to know. You're never going to learn more. But if you would humble yourself and if you would say, Lord, I don't know everything there is to know about you. Please introduce yourself to me. That is exactly what he would do. And so I thank you all for having me here today, being able to share 
uh, these few little words and encouraging things with you guys. You guys. I am. I am. Uh, wow. First of all, I love. I I knew I was gonna love this. What I didn't really think about though until until now until you mentioned it was um, that all of these attributes of God we can see clearly in Jesus. Yes. He said whoever has seen me has seen the Father. He wasn't kidding. Yes, absolutely. And I never connected it. I was like, I don't. But yes, you're wow. So I love that. Please, I am going to need you to send me a text of that because I, I need okay. it. Um, but but I love that. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for your time. For, oh my goodness, thank you for having me. Thank you for having, for listening, for wanting <laughs> to look for him and for sharing. Yes. For sharing. You, you just shared a huge piece of God's heart. So I love that. So I'll go ahead and close us out in prayer. Um, right. okay. God. Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for you. You're the best thing we've got. And you're as good as it gets. And I thank you so much, so very much for giving us all of you, for not giving your heart in pieces, for not withholding from us. I thank you because you're showing us one by one who you are. And thank you because you're going to help us remember it when we need it the most. Let it live in our hearts, God. Let it live in our hearts. Thank you for not withholding any piece of who you are. I thank you so much for Sarah for being able to be here today with her as she shares all of these wonderful things that you've shown to her. And I pray that you continue to show her so that she can share it with all of us. Um, as we look more for you and we follow you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are and for not changing, for being constant all the time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, Sarah, I will have you on again. <laughs> I will. Um, and okay, yes. Um, so I want you to tell everybody where they can find you maybe an instagram or i don't know if you have a facebook or if you have a page for people to follow if not that's fine i just you know you can okay. if, you, if you want to let me see if i can find my at name on tiktok can you still hear me yes yes we can hear you okay so my name on tiktok that's where i'm the most active is my name sarah s-a-r-a-e 86. Okay, Sarah. Okay, perfect. And so if you guys want to go ahead and follow Sarah, I know I will be. Um, <laughs> you guys can go ahead. I share one of these devotionals as well on there. Really? Okay. So so as he speaks to you, you share them on TikTok. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark.